I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Category Is, and I believe it is the first episode of the year, so Happy New Year. I know it's February, but you can still, you know, you can still say it's the first time you see someone in the new year. So a lot to catch up on, a lot to talk about. So let's just get right into it with what you're drinking for tonight. So today, (laughs) this episode is coming out on Wednesday, so the day after Valentine's Day. So still in the love mood (laughs) here. So this week's uh, cocktail is inspired by Valentine's Day. It's a Bartesian cocktail, and it's called a Cupid's Arrow. It's one of their seasonal cocktails. It is gin-based, but um, I used vodka instead because I didn't have any gin. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, whatever. You got to make it work. Improvise. So it has a, a fruity combination of guava with notes of strawberry and lime. So if you want to drink along with me, uh, I did find the kind of a dupe recipe um, on Pinterest. So you want to get some guava, nectar, gua- which might be, I mean, just get the Goya <laughs> or the Jumex if uh, they have Jumex where you are. Because they have Jumex down the street uh, at the grocery store down the street. Because <laughs> I was trying to find the Goya section. Um, and then the lady was like, oh, we don't have that. We got Jumex, which I guess is the knockoff of Goya, but yeah, just get you the Goya or the the Jumex guava nectar, because I know fresh guava is, can be hard to find, so do that, um, and then you want to get the, uh, I would make a strawberry simple syrup out of it, so basically sugar and water, um, boil, or I would, yeah, boil some strawberries um, in there and let it steep in that, and then just strain it to make sure you don't get any of the seeds in there and then mix that with your guava your alcohol of choice and then squeeze in some fresh uh, lime in it as well and then you could also (laughs) do what i did to kind of spruce it up a little bit um top it off with some champagne or sparkling wine if you have it it just takes it to the next level and anything with bubbles is always you know much more festive So please drink responsibly if you are of legal age to do so in your jurisdiction. But before we get into the categories this week, round of applause because category is one, a signal award. It's the first annual, first ever (laughs) signal awards, uh, which, you know, celebrates achievements in podcasting. And we won second place. So silver medal. Uh, for best LGBTQ plus episode. And honestly, for me, I'm happy for the silver. You know, of course, obviously want the gold, but up against stiff competition and being the only independent podcast that was um, nominated in the category was going up against NBC had a nomination. Marie Claire Magazine had a nomination. Um a Sirius XM sponsored podcast had a nomination. And then also, uh, I forget who the, the other person was, but they were on a podcasting network as well. And not only that, Category Is was the only LGBT podcast to be nominated in the LGBT 
podcast episode category, which I thought, you know, <laughs> we'll take the award. But, you know, that's just, I don't know, Sigma Awards. We might need to talk about your um, nomination criteria. Don't make us have to do like the Oscars and start an investigation <laughs> for that lady. I feel bad for that lady. But anyway, we'll talk about the Oscars in an upcoming episode because, you know, we always have to talk about, you know, Hollywood's biggest night. But that'll be in a few weeks. But yeah, thank you to the Signal Awards for the award. (laughs) I'll be um, posting and stuff once I actually get the trophy. Um, Not sure when that will be, but tens across the board for us. And I say us because we were in this together. Because everybody listening right now, you are as much a part of this podcast as I am. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support that you continue to give the podcast. And so without further ado, let's hop into the categories for this week. I really only have one, but let's just go ahead and talk about it, y'all. The Rihanna concert was on Sunday. I only tuned in for the for the for the halftime, which I did check the score of the Super Bowl because, you know, the Eagles were, I think a lot of people, I know I was almost expect, not expecting them to win, but I just thought they were going to win. And when I checked the score, the Eagles were up, but then I'm not sure what happened. Apparently there were some bad calls from the referees and they ended up losing. But anyway, the big winner of the night was Rihanna, baby, because... Mama came through and showed up and showed out. So I think they said this was her first performance in like over four years. And like what, seven, eight years since she put out an album? Uh, Something like that. I don't know. So when they announced it, well, anyway, let's back up. Let's just get straight to the performance. Uh, So it opened up. Mama had on our old dad. (laughs) Well, it wasn't really nasty. It was a... I don't even know what to call the outfit because um, it looked like she was just going skiing to me. And they were in Arizona too, so it wasn't going to be that cold to be requiring all of them layers that she had on with the gloves and then the plastic boob <laughs> bra she had on and then all of the... It just... She just looked hot. Like temperature hot, not like sexy hot. So it opens up with a close-up on her face. She looking around like she about to do something. Then the camera pans down. She rubs her belly and then, you know, gets into the performance and they're on these elevated, like, moving platforms. Staging tens for y'all because that was, it almost looked fake, <laughs> but I guess it wasn't. I don't know. But tens for the production and the, and the stage stage uh design so the first time i watched it my um feed kept freezing so i didn't even realize that she was pregnant and so you know we live texting with my homegirl and she was like are you watching it i was like yeah rihanna looks stiff i was like but my um our signal keeps freezing so i could i'll just watch it you know later i didn't pay any attention to it (laughs) my mom texted and saying is she pregnant so then, come to find out, that was going to be the big news of the night, that she was up on that floating platform a good, like, six months pregnant, which then shifts the narrative and the commentary into, like, a completely 
different direction because at that point the com- the conversation would not be about the performance anymore she <laughs> she could have got up there and only did that little two step two step which is basically what she did um and called it a day but it was fun it was upbeat she took took us through her catalog of hits she only did well like it was less than like 15 minutes i yeah it was like less than 15 minutes cuz mama has 14 number one, she could have gave us, I think she gave us like 12 of them, which was a good, you know, little set. For 15 minutes, she like packed them in. So she did, you know, started off with Bitch Better Have My Money, Where Have You Been, Only Girl in the World, which was such a fun, you know, club song. Um, We Found Love, Rude Boy, Work, Wild Thoughts, um, All the Lights, Run This Town, Umbrella. And then she finished it off with uh, with diamonds in the sky. So yeah, it was like a good a good set. You know, you don't do the full song. It's just like a medley of of you know the track, the hook, the chorus, the interlude. You know, things like that. Um, but I thought it was good for her. Operative words for her. <laughs> so let's get into the commentary. Let's talk about it because. You know, people have had a lot to say about it over the past few days. Um, so, like I said, the big talking points are about her being pregnant, not about what she actually performed. Um, some people were saying that it was boring because, you know, it was just her. Like, you know, I ran through her set list and a lot of those songs are she's either the featured artist on or it, there's another artist like she could have brought Jay-Z out for Umbrella. Um, Carlos Santana on the guitar did the Wild Thoughts. All of the Lights, which I thought was actually a Kanye West song. Yeah, it is a Kanye West song, but I mean, ain't nobody <laughs> featuring Kanye these days. So I knew he wasn't <laughs> wasn't going to turn up. But um, don't you got a song with Drake? on here calvin harris is we found love and she did not do ponder replay which (laughs) i would have thought that would be a whole full circle moment you know take it all the way back to the beginning when she was dancing off beat on that speaker but rihanna is a strong independent black woman who don't need no man to come out there and do the Super Bowl halftime with her. And I did like how she was in like this red, but then all of the dancers were in white. So you had this contrast of, you know, no matter where she was on those stages, you saw her, you know, even when they panned out and showed like the whole field, you saw Rihanna. (laughs) You know, some people were saying it was boring. I... I don't think it was boring. Like mama got some hits and I know everybody was bouncing their head, you know, as these songs played, (laughs) let's be honest. Rihanna ain't never been a vocalist. She's never been the one to give you some hot choreography. (laughs) She ain't even giving fashions no more. So was it the best Super Bowl uh, halftime? No, it was not. Was it the best Rihanna performance I've seen? Absolutely. Because she's not going to be in the same category as a Beyonce halftime show. 
she's not going to give you a choreography like J-Lo and Shakira. She's not going to give you, <laughs> she's never going to give you a vocal. When she's lip syncing, everybody lip syncs. Was her, <laughs> but not to say that in a derogatory way, because everybody lip syncs, like even Beyonce lip synced during her halftime, because there's no way you don't want to leave anything like the chance at that, in a, at a stage that big. Um, I was in a marching band in high school and college. And when you play in an arena that big, you can't hear yourself playing. You can't hear anything that's going on. So, you know, being at the biggest sporting event in America, um, in front of a live audience and being televised across, you know, all the millions and millions of people watching. Did she sing at one point? Yes. Cause they, what they do is they basically re-record or pre-record the tracks. And so they rehearse off of the, you know, the new arrangement, the new set list, because like I said, they're giving like snippets of songs here and there. So at some point they do go back and record, you know, after they get the songs and the staging and we're going to go from here to here and do this and do that. I sing this part of the bitch better have my money. And then we're going to do this part of who, of um, rude boy. And then we're going to give you this little snippet of work. <laughs> then we're going to, she didn't even do a costume change, which actually she did. She put on that um, overcoat at the end, but that was it. They said she had like a million dollars worth of jewelry, but I didn't see it. And so to the people who said that that show was boring, I don't know what the fuck y'all want. Because you can't get Beyonce every year. She charging $24 million to perform in Dubai. <laughs> and now she about to go on tour and y'all paying two and $3,000 for these tickets. No, ma'am. So yeah, you're not going to get a Beyonce every year. So the alternative is getting like Hall and Oates or... <laughs> Because that's what it used to be after the whole uh, Janet Jackson fiasco. Uh, it, you know, went back to like those really boring, really safe acts. And then now the people are just tired, have been tired of that. And so, you know, that's why we have been getting the more upbeat, the more pop kind of um, acts in recent years. We got Katy Perry. Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars could do it every year because he's a good performer. Um, we had the Beyonce. They did do what? Was it Chris Martin that one year? But he had to bring out Bruno Mars and Beyonce because nobody was checking for him. But um, the Jay-Z Rock Nation partnership with the NFL is, you know, is pretty performative, meaning that, you know, they wanted to tackle the issues of diversity and inclusion and racism and all that and partnered up with Jay-Z <laughs> to bring the Super Bowl halftime acts because who did it last year it was uh, Dr. Dre and he brought out everybody Snoop, Mary J. Blige, Eminem uh, 50, was 50 Cent there? I think 50 was there but I don't know who they're going to get to do it next year oh I forgot what's the name did it the, uh, the weekend did it the one year too um I don't know who can do it next year. Y'all write in. Let me know who you would like to see down at the Super Bowl halftime next year. 
And then, you know, another part of the conversation was that, oh, she should have turned down the Super Bowl. Like she if she was just going to get up there and be pregnant and just stand in one spot, which is pretty much what she did, um, then she should have just not done it. But why should she turn down <laughs> the Super Bowl um, just because she was pregnant, which is, you know, the whole larger conversation of women having to put their careers on hold or having to miss out on opportunities because they can get pregnant and give birth. It's like that Lauren Hill song where it's like, look at your career, they said. Lauren, baby, use your head. But she and Rihanna decided to, <laughs> to choose their heart and keep on with their career. Like, I don't... Um, I think people are just disappointed that because usually when you're announced as a Super Bowl artist, then that becomes like your big lead up to a new album, a new single, some new. um, It's basically a way to advertise your upcoming projects. Baby, Rihanna is done with music. And (laughs) I think I've said this uh, before that. Why would she ever go back to music when it's not lucrative enough for the amount of effort she would have to put into it? And then the way y'all critique and criticize everything today, no man, <laughs> I would not be doing no music either because she's a billionaire, you know, with the Fenty makeup and then the the clothes look cheap, the the material, the fabric looks cheap. But somebody's buying it because she's valued at, you know, well over a billion dollars. So think of the time and the effort she has to put into that. Is Rihanna down to the factory mixing up them lipstick uh, colors herself? No. Is she in the back room down at the warehouse sewing the fabrics together? She is not. She got people for that. But if she was a, you know writing and producing music that's a whole different creative process like she would have to well i don't think she writes the songs herself but she would have to record the songs and then get it right and then market and produce them and go on tour and do the video and make this appearance and go here and do that and she ain't trying to do that. And I'm not mad at it. Like, I didn't know Rihanna was actually, like, 34. So, I think it's what, like, after 35, you're considered a geriatric pregnancy? She's like, look, I got me a man. He treat me decent enough. I'm going to go ahead and have a couple of kids back-to-back, take my parental leave down at Fenty office, and go back to making money a little bit later. And I applaud that. Like, I'm not here. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, she got to be, you know, continuing to pump out this music. If that it's not where she, if it's not bringing her the joy or the work-life balance that she would like to enjoy. So we all pivot, we all grow, we all change. And, you know, she's just pivoted and she's in a different space in her life right now. So tens, tens, tens across the board. For Rihanna, and you know who really gets tens? If y'all watched the sign language interpreter, 
was doing the sign language for the halftime show. Oh my god! Now that <laughs> lady, I don't even know her name, but apparently she's from Philly, and she was given the most Philly performance. She, her energy did not match what Rihanna was giving. <laughs> Because Mama was on like a thousand and Riri was at like minus six. But that was funny to watch to me. A quick I say what I said for this week is going to be dedicated to the beehive. Beyonce, you need some new fans, baby, or better fans because the Grammys were this week. Uh, or no, when were the Grammys? Last week. And <laughs> um, Beyonce made history as being the most awarded uh, Grammy. She got the most Grammys of any artist um, in history, I guess. And Mama showed up late, which she was posting pictures of her with Grammy Awards. I guess she won, had won three awards before the ceremony. And so she was posting pictures with these three Grammys. Then she showed up late. And then I guess people were expecting her to win... Uh, album of the year and she did not it went to harry styles um and people were upset and so the talk became amongst the beyonce fans was that and for i guess majority of social media was that she should have won for renaissance um i think she and adele actually split the votes and so i think that created a situation where Harry Styles won, because I couldn't name you one song on that Harry Styles has ever performed. Um, but yeah, so the conversation became not that she you know made history and she has the most Grammys of any artist and blah, 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 blah. It became about how she should have won album of the year. And just to go back to what T.I., I think it was T.I. who said, we got to stop worrying about what we don't got and celebrate what we do got. So she won like three or four Grammys that night, but the beehive was only concerned about the one that she did not win, which girl, I guess I'll try again next time. And before we wrap up the show this week, a quick tens, tens, tens across the board to aunt Viola Davis, who became the latest EGOT winner so she has a an emmy a grammy an oscar and a tony so she had already had the emmy the oscar and she has two tony awards and so she recently at the grammys uh last week won the grammy for uh best audiobook for her memoir finding me so y'all know for me for aunt viola to win or complete her egot it means more because she got the award for what the award is for. Um, so she won her two Tony Awards for being uh, for acting. So she won for Fences, which well, the award was the best leading actress in a play. And for the other one, uh, it wasn't lead actress. I think it was like featured actress um, in a play. She won her Emmy Award for Best Outstanding Actress in a Drama Series for How to Get Away with Murder on ABC, Shondaland. And she won her um, her Oscar, her Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress 
four fences. Um, so, you know, they've turned the play into a movie. <laughs> so she basically played the same role. Um, and then she won her Grammy for recording her audiobook. So unlike Jennifer Hudson, who won, I believe, her Tony, she won that for just um, producing. And I think she won her Emmy for, for being a producer also. So that's a way to kind of, you know, back your way into because same with John Legend. I believe he won. Um, well, he won. So John Legend won his Oscar for writing best original song. He won his, um, his, a, cu- a couple other awards. He won just for being like the producer of the show. So not like he was acting or singing um, in the show. So it just means, you know, a lot more for Aunt Viola to win and be celebrated for actually doing the things, um, all the things. So tens across the board for you, Aunt Viola. That about wraps up the show for this week, y'all. I'm going to get out, out of here and try to get me some of this Valentine's candy that's on sale, 75% off. Y'all stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another week. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you're listening to Category Is right now. Category Is podcast is recorded in Philadelphia. The show is hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Maurice Smith.